We've got another podcast coming at you, and this time it's with my buddy, my good buddy, my I we are you Iwegian? Are you are you? Uh, I, well, we'll get into that. We'll talk about that. But Dino Good, he's a major league fishing boat official, and my good friend. We're going to be talking about what it's like to be a boat official for major league fishing, all the trials and tribulations, lots of stories, what it's like to be in the boat all day with some of the best anglers in the world. Let's get into it. This isn't another fishing podcast. This is another fishing podcast. Well, here we go, Dino. Um, I've wanted to have this, you know, this conversation with you for a while um, because, you know, we have a tendency, I think, you know, me being a cameraman, you being a boat official, um, after we do it for a length of time that, you know, I guess it's sort of the glamour and the it might wear off a little bit because it is, you know, it is work. Um, but I, I try to remember, like, when I was a kid, okay, remember, like, this, if you were a kid, this would be really, really amazing. Like, before you got into the business, you know, and really getting to spend so much time with these anglers, um, I gotta, I gotta remember, I gotta put myself into that position of a younger person or someone just outside of the industry that, um, you know, I, what we do is really, really cool, but it is a lot of taxing hard work as well. But I, I do want to remember that there are so many people out there that would really, um, I think enjoy the stories that we have to tell, particularly, um, I think as a boat official, um, you know, I wanted to talk to you about like what, first of all, let's just get into how you start. I mean, you're a passionate fisherman. So how did you just get started fishing yourself? Cause I think that's always an interesting, like common denominator between anglers. We all kind of come from the same, there's a similar, uh, you know, um, there's a similar beginning story there. And I'm, I'm curious what yours was. Well, you know, I actually grew up in Southern California. I do live in Iowa now. Um, most people got started fishing when they were little um, with their dad or their grandpa. For the most part, I had a next door neighbor in Redondo Beach, California, that um, was an avid bass fisherman. His name's Bob Malugin. And um, I was like 14. He was a Vietnam vet, fresh back from Vietnam and um, kind of got hooked up with him and uh, started fishing uh, Casitas, Kachuma, some of the Southern California lakes where the big girls live. And, uh, and it's been a passion of mine ever since. I had a slow time while having kids. I have five children, but uh, you know, after they were grown, then I kind of got back into it. But uh, I owe my fishing career to my next door neighbor, Bob Malugin, so. No kidding. That's cool. Um, so you were in Southern California during what time period? Because I, I lived I lived in California for ten years. Um, I uh, I lived in California from the mid '60s until '73. Um, we moved to Iowa as a junior in high school. So you were you were fishing those lakes, um, you know, before they really kind of I would say got kind of a reputation where you fishing castaic and stuff like that like I went to that one there was uh lake san antonio uh several of them around that area but no i never i went to kasuma and kachitas okay. uh, uh mostly 
And so you kind of cut your teeth out there in Southern California, you know, fishing those clear, deep reservoirs for, for largemouth. And that's, that's when it happened for you. Exactly. And then once I moved to Iowa, it seemed like uh, farm pond fishing was the big thing. And uh, then about 25 years ago, my wife and I built a house down at uh, um, Table Rock Lake down in Southern Missouri, another deep, clear lake. So uh, that's where I spend most of my personal time fishing now when I'm not gone on tour. Okay, gotcha. So you're, um, where, where were you fishing in Iowa when, when, you know, for bass? So you're, you're in Des Moines, correct? I'm just outside of Des Moines in that little town called Becoming, Iowa, uh, just southwest of Des Moines Airport. And I, mostly in Iowa, I fish some of the smaller lakes and then uh, basically farm ponds. That's, you can catch six, seven, eight pounders in farm ponds that aren't pressured around here. So, um, but for the most part now, it's all south or sometimes i'll get a fish while we're on tour one day before the event starts gotcha so how did you um how did you learn about major league fishing how did you get into uh being a boat official well i i was a fan of the show and uh i used to go to before i started watching that i'd go to bassmaster classic all day or every year and see these guys you know, I thought, wow, what a neat career. And uh, which since I've changed my mind, it's hard work. But uh, um, I uh, was actually, my wife bought me uh, on Table Rock for Christmas one year. She got me a, a, an all-day fishing trip with James Watson, who's one of our pros. And I already knew James a little bit because I fished against him in tournaments down there in Table Rock um, before he really turned pro. And um, so I... Uh, I was out with him that day and it was just uh, by coincidence, I was a fan of the show and had heard they were starting the Bass Pro Tour. And I just asked James, I said, hey, uh, are they looking for any boat officials, you know? And he's like, well, yeah, call Aaron Bashirs. He's uh, in, at that time, before he was tournament director, he was uh, in charge of us. And uh, and so I that, I that night I get back to the cabin, I call Aaron and and first thing he did was, how'd you find out about us? And I said, I was fishing with Watson, and he apologized for that right off the bat. So, and told me <laughs> I wouldn't too many people that, and I hope James watches this. But um, I called Aaron, and this was like no, late November before the tour started. And like two, three weeks later, I'm in a class in Tulsa, Oklahoma, getting taught by Aaron with, uh, I don't know, 65 other guys that are trying to start this thing in a couple months. And um, then the next thing I know, a couple weeks after that, I'm uh, in a boat um, down at Lake Toho for the very first Bass Pro Tour. And I've been doing it ever since. And, uh, and you know, I started out doing it for, like you mentioned earlier, Greg, for the uh, glamour of the, you know, these guys were my idol and, you know, I looked up to them and, uh, and it's kind of funny now, as you say, the glamour wears off. Now I stick in it because I've made good friends with you camera guys and, uh, other boat officials and the anglers are just, you know, some of them are friends too, but they're just, they just go, we're all trying to do a job. We're a team. We get in that boat. It's all business for the most part. And, uh, and we just uh, go out and work our tails off for six days in a row. And, and I don't know, it's the hardest I've ever worked in my life, but it's fun. 
Yeah, I, I agree. You, you have to, um, I think just in general, have to have a personality that, I mean, you have to have that work ethic, right? You, you've got to be willing to just get up early, work late. Um, it's physically taxing, um, but, but you have a love for, I think, I mean, both of us love fishing, but we also, you have to have a, a certain like um, love of adventure, you know? Um, because it's just, you're exposed to the elements you're, you're going, you know, very fast in, in, uh, speed boats, essentially that are designed, you know, they're, they're, they're fishing boats that are on a speed boat hull, you know, they're, <laughs> it's a fishing platform on a speed boat hull. And, uh, and you're just, you know, it's, it's one of those things I've said this many times, but, uh, as, as, as much as I've had moments where I've thought to myself, what am I doing with my life? I also realized that, uh, this is the best place for me to be. It's, I, I don't do very well inside of offices. Um, uh, one of the difficulties for me is like editing just because I, I'm a good editor, you know, video editor, but it's sitting in front of a computer inside that is just, it's very difficult for me. So, um, just being out there, um, it, it, you know, you, you, it, it takes a certain personality to, to be able to handle that and to enjoy it. And so what's fun is like, you're, you're talking about, there is kind of a, I don't know, a brotherhood, a family that, that has been created with, with us. Um, and at first, you know, I started doing major league fishing events, doing the cup events, like in 2010, I think was the first one we actually shot. And then it aired in 2011, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it started, you know, really getting to know those guys doing the cup events, you know, Aaron Bashirs, who later became the tournament director. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's a number of them, uh, but you, you develop, a, it becomes like a real family. You see them out. You know, you see the, the boat officials out, we, we, you know, we'll get drinks and dinner together sometimes, uh, you know, and then just you're spending a whole day with the angler, with a boat official, you just get a, I don't know, there's a bond that's created. I don't know how else to really explain it. Like it, I have a, I have a real affinity towards our family, you know? Um, and, uh, I feel very thankful for that. And it's a great, you know, for me as a freelance videographer, it's a really, really great gig because not only obviously I get consistent work, but I really, really enjoy the people that I work with. And that's why, I mean, I, I had no problem and I appreciate you coming on. I had no problem asking you, you know, cause I thought we, we could have a really good conversation about that aspect and, and other aspects of, of, uh, of what it's like, you know, doing what you do. So, um, what, what do you find is like the most difficult part of the job? Um, probably, uh, the most difficult is the weather. Um, you know, as you know, we have score tracker out there, which is on an iPad. We have manual score tracker, which is on paper and you know how well paper and rain mix. Um, so I guess the, the cold rain, you know, we've had some miserable events out there, Greg, like the South Carolina cup that, one year is in the twenties. It rained on us all day near hypothermic, you know, and, uh, it's not fun when it's raining. And on a personal level, when it's like that, I go back to the cabin and get a cup of coffee, but these anglers don't quit for nothing. And we have to be mentally and physically prepared for a day. And 
you know, actually, I hate to toot your horn, but the camera guys have the toughest job because, you know, we can cover up, sit down and bundle up. You guys are standing right there on the back deck fighting the elements all day and trying to protect a very expensive piece of equipment. So, but I, I've become accustomed to it. Um, I am thankful when I'm in the control room on the days that I do take off that, uh, and it's raining out there or cold because, but you, you learn how to do it. You know, we carry Ziploc bags and we operate the iPad through Ziplocs. You've seen it. And, uh, and it's just, uh, that's probably the most difficult. And also I miss a lot of my own personal fishing um, because, you know, this year, especially we've been back to, but there was times I left my truck at airports, flew home for two or three days and was right back on the road again. And uh, it's been pretty taxing. And I got to be honest, I'm looking for that little bit of a break um, that we got coming up uh, in May and then in July. So, yeah, but for sure, weather's the worst. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, uh, I don't want to I, I don't want to skim over, um, you know, how you got started as far as, you know, in that school in the Major League Fishing Academy. So I remember very well. So we had the cups first. Major League Fishing first started with the cup events. And then um, what happened after that was that they decided to start their own professional level, like full tour. And I got to tell you, that was a super, I, I could just tell there was something big going on within Major League Fishing, within the organization. I could see a lot of people, uh, friends of mine that work on the, you know, behind the scenes, very, they, they seemed they weren't saying much, but there were, there was a lot of, they were holding stuff in. Like you could tell they had a lot on their mind because um, what was, what year was that? Was that the fall of 2018? Is that right? Late, late 18. Yeah, this is our fourth year. Yeah, it must have been 18, and we started the tour in late January, early February of 19, I believe. So just the fact of not just, uh, you know, technologically what was all involved, you know, it's one thing to do the score tracker for the cups and – and um but to, to expand that out to 80 anglers and then to uh, – you know, to make sure that you have boat officials in all of those boats that are trained. And so that, 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 um, the major, it's called the, the major league Academy, right? Major league fishing Academy. Yeah. 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 So we still have it every year. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, so the Academy is set there to train, uh, the new guys, you know, into how to do how to be a boat official. And the reality is there's a ton to learn. Like there's a lot, and this is, you know, I, I think this is what's really great about major league fishing. Of course, I'm biased. I realize they're a great client of mine. I always got to say that I realize I'm super biased. I get it. But, um, the, the great thing is that, you know, let's be honest, the sport of bass fishing, we, everybody wants it to be a mainstream sport. I think, you know, that's really invested in this thing. I've wanted it to be a mainstream sport ever since I was a kid, but, you know, there's been, we've just kind of the sport in general has been kind of you know, spinning its wheels, you know? So I really applaud, you know, what major league fishing has done to make it more of a sport in, in the fact that you have these, you know, the, you, you have penalties and you have these rules that the anglers can't break. And if they break them, they are, they've got to sit down They're They're penalized, you know, by time. 
And, you know, in fishing, time is a huge, it's all about time. You want as much time as possible, more time, the more chances you have of catching fish. So, um, but there's a lot of rules to learn. So what was it like being in that academy and, and, and having to just learn everything um, that had to be really intimidating? Yeah, it was. You know, I walked in there and I was a little bit awestruck anyway, because I've seen Aaron, Aaron taught our, our class in those early days. We had a three, like two and a half, three day academy, um, pretty much in awe. But it was really weird because he taught and showed a lot of videos. And we're so much further ahead today because now we can have live score tracker. Um, to be honest with you, we went through the academy and we were shown how to run score tracker kind of because we didn't have up and running yet. Um, they were still, they did this thing so fast that it was the first fish I ever actually got to enter on score tracker. I was in the boat at Toho with Russ Lane and he caught the second bass of the morning and I got to run score tracker for the first time in a boat. And uh, so it was very intimidating. I, I didn't sleep at all the night before I was scared to death. And then Beans Russ, I thought we caught the first fish of the morning, but it turned out it was Gary Klein, which was kind of cool. Beans, he's one of the developers of the whole thing. But we, uh, I enter that first fish, he catches a couple more, and here comes one of you guys. Well, I'd never, I'd never been on TV in my life. So you, so, so basically, what's happening is, so you've got a boat transfer uh, coming with that's got a camera, uh, that's got a camera cameraman. It's yeah. going to be jumping in the boat with you. And now you're going to have to interact with this guy you've never interacted with. And he's going to be doing, you know, he's going to be doing the back deck doing God knows what. And so now you've got to like, you've got to work with this guy now. And, you know, exactly. and you're on, t and you're going to be on, he's miking you. And now you're going to be on television. Yeah. And I don't even remember who that cameraman was today. It could have been you for all I know. Next thing I know, he's reaching down my shirt, dropping a mic, you know, miking me up and stuff. And, uh, and I was literally scared to death and I couldn't say some of the, it, we were so new, like Anthony Gagliardi was in the top 10 and I could not say his name to save, save my life, you know, and, uh, and butchered it up bad. I've never watched that episode. Um, I don't want to because I'm sure I embarrass the heck out of myself and major league fishing. <laughs> it's, it's tough. I mean, there's some names, you know, I try to help out cause I've been doing this for, you know, 10 plus years, you know, and I know, I know these anglers pretty well now, at least how to say their last names, but you know, like Fletcher Shryock, you know, yeah. that really gets, gets a lot of officials, you know, and there was and one I official. What's then that? They throw, then they throw in these, uh, big five guys like, uh, you know, some of these, uh, Jacopo Galele, you know, I mean, I looked at that name and I was like, help me Lord, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you did a wonderful job. I'm not, yeah. I can't do that. I'm, yeah. That is one I have not mastered yet. I can do Fletcher Shryock, but yeah. You know. Yeah. There, there, there's some tough ones. And, you know, uh, you know, the Japanese anglers that I, I sat at home and practiced all of them before we started the tour, but, uh, I forgot all about Gagliardi, you know, and if you, when you look at that name, it'll, it'll mess you up. And <laughs> I, remember I was with Ot Defoe later in the week and we had a cameraman that first tournament and, and Ot showed me how to write it down kind of write it out in syllables so I could, so I'd have to look at my cheat sheet every time, but it was embarrassing. And, uh, I'm glad now that it's just second nature to work with y'all. And, uh, 
and, you know, be mic'd up. And matter of fact, I really don't, I shouldn't say this, but I really don't watch the show very often because you're I'm living it. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm in the boat all day and then, um, then I'll, uh, go and, uh, three days or so a week, I'll be in the sound room or in the room with uh, Randy White and I'm critiquing a fit other officials and watching what they're doing. So most of it I've already seen. So I get, it's like getting home from work. You don't want to, uh, you know, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm the same way. Wife, you know, yeah, so. I, I'm the same way. I've lived it. I've been looking through a viewfinder all week. I've, <laughs> I've, you know, but I mean, I'm, I am curious to see how it, how it all shapes, you know, up and how the, you know, it's, but honestly, when I, when I get home, it's a, it's vacation time. <laughs> so I'm, you know, um, but so what, uh, what the technology that's involved with the Bass Pro Tour, just major league fishing official, um, you know, officially just, you know, the, what they're, the, the whole organization is doing, I'm blown away with, you know, the score tracker in itself, um, just for the Bass Pro Tour and the cups, when the, when the score tracker came out, I, I just thought to myself, this is, this is just exactly what this sport needs. You know, it's exactly. Um, and then this year, I think it's even new and improved. That's, that's, what's cool to see too, is you're seeing improvements being made. You're seeing this evolution occurring uh, that's only making things better. And I I've heard from other boat officials that that new interface is, is much nicer to work with. And uh, it's really it's really slick looking. It's so cool to see that because um, to see that from, you know, from the beginning, what the score tracker looked like and what it's looking like now, it's, it's, it's fun to watch that, you know, progression. Um, yeah. You know, Greg, I, uh, I, the best way I've explained that to people, that new score tracker, which Mike Jenkins, the assistant tournament director had a lot to do with, uh, you know, he got to work with the IT people to set up this new one. And he started out, in our academy, you know, with us. So he's one, he's one of us. And, uh, the first, the first, uh, score tracker was written by an IT guy. The second score tracker was written by a boat official, not written, but critiqued. And, yep. uh, yep. and it, it made our job so much easier, Greg, I'm sure you notice where we're not flipping around. We can go to a screen and see all catches while we're watching the time. And the, the time's actually a countdown timer instead of, have to do math in your head and it's i always i always feel for you guys because i am just an idiot when it comes to math i I, there there's probably not a more idiotic man than myself when it comes to math i mean it's like very 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 basic math skills um and so when i'm up there you know at the back deck and, and holding the camera and i you guys a lot of times will sit in the passenger seat sometimes you're standing next to me but uh, and, and the angler asks how far back they are from first place or something. And they're trying to figure out the pounds or, or what, you know, how much time there's left. And they're trying, uh, they're doing, and I, I'm, I get stressed out for them because a lot of times the angler, you know, the anglers are, they're stressed out. A lot of times everybody in the boat is stressed out. Like there's times like everybody in the boat is stressed out. You know, you got different personalities of, of anglers. The vast majority are really good to work with. There's a few that it's like, you're just constantly walking on eggshells, you know? So they'll ask for something. They'll ask for, uh, you know, the time or they're asked for how far they're back. And I just feel 
for some of these boat officials when they're trying to calculate and they're, I've already drawn a blank in my head trying to calculate and I am not even being asked what, you know, so yeah, I'm glad that's being, that's the, the score tracker has been, um, it's, it's, it's improved for you guys. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, you know, fortunately, um, most of the time they have the cut line on there and that so and it'll give us right there on the screen the ounces and pounds that they're out of 10th place or wherever the cut is and then if they're above the cut it'll tell us out of first but where it runs into problems is there's nothing natural in our math system to go by 16s so yeah i'm very good at it now at first i've seen myself on live before where I butchered up when I tell them how far they are behind the guy in front of them because it messes you up. But uh, you do get better at, um, at working with 16 ounces as a pound after a while. But yeah, it's definitely, you're right. They do get stressed out. Some of the anglers love score trackers. Some of them will throw you in the water if you give them too much. Um, so, you, but, you know, I've done this four years now and, I pretty much know when I'm getting in the boat, what I'm getting in with not only angler, but cameraman, because we all have our little quirks. And, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, talking about cameraman, I'm kind of surprised you're, I was up in the middle of the night making a couple of notes for this. And I'm kind of surprised Greg even let me on this program today because, uh, first time I ever remember working with you was with Jordan Lee up at Sturgeon Bay and first thing in the morning, first day, and we were on COVID, protocol then so we stayed with the angler and the camera guy so right off the bat greg says hey i'm gonna film from up front when when uh, jordan takes off would you please uh watch my cushion yeah so yeah so i have it just so we this is a great story so i have i had this you know we're in the angler's boats and many of the angler's boats don't have a cushiony middle seat so I, I, I went to Walmart, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and I found this wonderful, if you want to find this wonderful bleacher seat, they're made by like Rio products or something. I've done a video on it before, like some stupid video one time on it, but it's like this lightweight seat fits perfectly in the middle of, uh, you know, these, of these anglers bass boats, you know, and so it's cushioned, it's perfect and it's light and it can blow out really easily. So uh, car- carry on. So anyway, Greg says, you know, doesn't know me from Adam. All I know is we're both Yankees from the North. And uh, so Jordan takes off very first time up there at Sturgeon Bay and boom, out goes his cushion. I felt terrible the rest of the day and apologize. And I think I still apologize sometimes to him when, uh, when I get in the boat with Greg, but uh, I, I felt like crap all day over that one. Did you that. really don't don't yeah. No, I, I feel bad that you felt like crap, but because my, my, your stuff. my out, butt really, I'll tell you what though, it, it, it uh, my whole back and everything else. So that whole week was just devastated because of your, <laughs> yeah. your incompetence. <laughs> that is no kidding. But and the other thing that I really like about working with Greg is if when you're in the boat, and this happened to us at Sturgeon Bay also with uh, Jordan Lee that same week because I think we had him. He made it to the championship, one angler of the year with that at that event when we were with him. And uh, and the other good thing about Greg is first of all he's taller than me, and so in a bad lightning storm. He's not only the tallest guy in the boat, 
but he's also scared to death of lightning. He doesn't like boogeyman or lightning. And um, it's kind of funny because uh, Jordan turned to us. We saw lightning in the distance, and he turned to us. And either any of the three of us could make the call to go to shore and shut the thing down. And, you know, I was fairly new boat official at that time and didn't now I tell the anglers what I want to do but back then I didn't do that so much and Jordan's like you guys want to set it out out here or go to shore let's get on let's put it on the trailer or whatever you know go to shore and boy 10 minutes later we're sitting in Jordan Lee's truck uh, I, I remember we were watching uh, YouTube videos of that uh Whatever that guy's name is, it does look yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't yeah. remember that guy's name. Yeah, we were we were watching. Uh, they might have actually been Instagram videos or something. something the, yeah. the, the guy that basically he does he does like a sp- perfect sportscasters. This yeah. Um, Jordan enlightened me about this guy. Um, he does the perfect sportscaster voice and he puts it over like cats fighting or just stupid internet videos. And it's really, really funny. So thank you, Jordan, for enlightening Dino and I on, on a, I wish I could remember that guy's name. Bob, but... Bob many, Bob something. Uh, yeah. it's yeah. Bob something. You're right. Oh uh, gosh. It, it was funny. Another funny thing about that same day where we were sitting in the truck. Now, mind you, Jordan Lee, the angler of the year, he just won uh, big bass and most weight at heavy hitters, right? Not long before this event. So we're setting up in the truck and for like, I don't know, we were up there a couple hours. It was a pretty good rain delay. And Jordan kind of hits his pockets and goes, I don't have any money with me. So, so we were all hungry. So I told Jordan, I said, I'll buy a few fly. So it's pouring down lightning and there goes Jordan running over to get Greg and I hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that very well. And I also remember, I I remember that too. His, it was, he went the first thing in the morning, he went to that kind of secluded bay, right? Remember that? Cushion Bay. We call that now because you lost your cushion. Now it's called Cushion Bay. It floats. (laughs) No, it's well, man, I doubt it's probably waterlogged. It's at the bottom of Cushion Bay, like boat cushion, my yep. boat seat, my Walmart bleacher seat. But what was so interesting, and I want to get your take on this too. So Jordan goes in there. He's so laid back. Like it's Jordan, not super late. Yeah, Jordan's super laid back. Goes in there. He's like, yeah, I think we'll, we'll stop here in this area. It was a trailering event, so he could trailer because it's so rough out there. So it was made, you know, a trailering event. He goes to this area. There's maybe one other competitor in there. Um, beautiful, clear water. It's just, it's calm. Um, oh, uh, you know, calm. And I'm like, please let these fish be in here because I don't want to go out in the big water. Um, unfortunately, they weren't in there. So he spent, I don't know, an hour in there, an hour and a half. looking around but then like no big deal all right well they're not here no big deal and he we trailer we get we we put the boat on the trailer i think this was this the same day i can't remember like when that weather event happened but i just remember yeah so he was just like he was just so laid back about everything there's a lot of anglers and you know this that would have been spun out by that there's there's anglers that are and i'm probably in this camp (laughs) where if it doesn't work out the first thing that you're, you know, your pl- first plan of action, if it doesn't work out, you're going, Ugh. Jordan didn't seem to have that concern. 
it was like, well, they're not there. Uh, we're just going to put it on the trailer. Not no, didn't seem to have any anxiety as far as the time that it'd take to do any of that. And he goes out and he, if I remember correctly, does did very well that day. And it was like nothing goes out and finds offshore humps and just wallops them, you know, wallops a small amount. Um, what is, I used to think that what it took to be successful at this game was that you had to be, you had to have that energy of a Van Dam, you know, you had to have that frenetic, you know, run and gun energy. Um, I tell you guys like Michael Neal guys like Jordan Lee, they're making me rethink that entirely. What, like what, what do you see being a boat official? I mean, you see it uh, just as well. I mean, you, you've got guys that are run the whole personality gamut. And yet I just, I just, I thought I had the formula figured out when, you know, I was working with Van Dam so much when I, you know, first started my career, I'm like, this is what it takes. And then I'm like, Michael Neal, Jordan Lee, I. Yeah, that's um, that's that's a funny aspect with me, too. I thought I thought run a gun, fast fishing and stuff. But you take some of our guys like uh, Mark Davis, for instance, um, goes along with Michael Neal and Jordan Lee laid back doesn't get in a hurry. You're never in his way because you got time to move. But, you know, look how Mark's done. That, you know, this year and last year, you know, made some top tens. And uh, and I think I think a lot of these guys run a gun so much they don't cover water, is my opinion. But they're the pro, not me. Um, but some of these guys are slow and methodical, uh, do every bit as good because they cover every inch of every hump or every point or whatever. So, well, you, you made a you made a, um, a, a great, uh, you know, point there with Mark Davis. Mark is old school, you know, around the time, like I, I, when I first started my career, uh, was very fortunate. I was working with Van Dam a lot. So right out of college, I worked for Bass Pro Shops video production department. And so we were, we were doing shows, you know, for Bass Pro Shops, outdoor world and doing retail videos. Um, and I, I remember asking Kevin who the best angler is, you know, besides him you know, at that time. And he was, he said, Mark Davis, just, he, he was like, easily, he's, he just is Mark Davis. And you couldn't be on the more opposite ends of the spectrum as far as just style, you know? And, and so you see it now with these young anglers. Yeah. You got those, those frenetic anglers like Jacob Wheeler, you know, that are, they're cut from that Kevin Van Dam mold, you know? But then you got anglers like I would say Michael Neal, Jordan Lee. There's others that are cut from that Mark Davis mold. And so I'm just and and Michael Neal is, I mean, I, I am so impressed by that guy. Um he's, uh, he's incredible. I had him at Redcrest. He finished second. And I was amazed how well composed he was red crest two years ago um how well composed and how he'd pull up pull up to spots use those electronics and never even throw a cast because he didn't see the fish were there you know that's been a game changer for these guys and you know and those older guys like mark davis and a lot of those guys don't utilize that but the old school still gets them where they are today you know and it's amazing 
tell me like what what's it like to be a, you know the day in the life of a major league fishing boat official let's just take one competition day so tell okay. me what it's like from like morning until you're done at you know done at night yeah and on a regular tour event where we don't have to deal with boats or anything it is a lot easier than a cup um or heavy hitters or something but typical my typical day um which my wife doesn't come with me very often because it's not a fun atmosphere for her because i go to bed you know super early but um i'll get up typically i'm a lead official so i'm usually first second or third to the ramp in the morning to get things going uh, with with mike jenkins and lance lewis and stuff so i'll get up about 3 30 typical event um relax a minute um drink coffee and then kind of you know we got our score trackers and our stat units which we haven't talked about those are our horrid uh, horrible suitcases that weigh about three thousand pounds that we have to charge every night in our room and then if you look at the back of any of the anglers boats there'll be a gray box on there so we haul all that stuff with us we look at score tracker make sure that our anglers matched up with us in the morning and then uh and then we uh go uh go to the ramp and then we got 53 other officials showing up for their day so we got our test weights out there we verify the scales every morning at the ramp we have uh, five pound weights they come up check every scale because we don't you know these things are dead accurate and an ounce could cost somebody hundred thousand dollars so we verify all the scales we make sure everybody's good to go Lance and I will usually stand out there guiding anglers, and you'll see us out there with flashlights. Uh, first couple mornings at a new ramp, everybody's all messed up. So we'll guide those guys in, and, and pretty soon all 40 of the guys are gone in the water waiting for the national anthem and the morning prayer. And uh, and then at that time, if I'm not in the boat, um, once it blast off, I go help with something else. If I'm in a boat, I'm just like the other guys out there. So then I'm in the water. If I have a cameraman, we mic up typically before we take off. Uh, you know, right there in the morning, you guys get us hooked up. And um, then we're out all day. We got three, two and a half hour periods, two half hour breaks. And it's, it's uh, mentally stressing, really uh, stressful because uh, the last thing any boat official wants to do is make a mistake in the boat that, you know, you could cost a guy his career if you, uh, you know, if he needs a win or a top 10 for sponsors or, you know, it's a big business for those guys. So you really got to pay attention, you know, even though some days I could take a nap, I haven't yet, but, uh, but it's uh pretty stressing and at the end of the day you know we usually we back the anglers in the water typically or they back us in and we take their boat at the end of the day we go get their truck back in pull up and usually the fans are all coming up and i'm trying to get out of the way and uh we take our stat unit and all our junk out of their boat and and go to our truck and uh, and this speaking of all the fans it is kind of funny i have signed uh, my autograph probably 10 times in four years because kids come up and you know they see us on tv too and they think that's kind of cool and uh, we'll ask us to sign their hat or something which was very awkward for me at first i'd always tell them i'm not the angler dude i'm just a boat official and uh, i don't care if we see you guys you know so but that's pretty much a day and then we go 
there aren't any weather delays. If there's a weather delay, typically Major League Fishing will get us pizza or something because it's uh, you don't have any time to go eat. And I go back to the room. I'm usually asleep by 8 o'clock and do it all over again for six days in a row. And at the end of the thing, I am when I get home, I literally sleep. Um, I usually only sleep five, six hours, but I'll sleep a 10-hour night because yeah. it, you probably feel the same way when yeah. you get home. Yeah. yeah, we're having similar experiences there. <laughs> it's, but that's pretty much the day in the life. And by day four or five, you're getting a little bit tired. And if you, then championship day comes along, and there's a blessing from heaven because now we're down to 10 boat officials, 10 anglers. Score tracker's easy. It's more like a cup. And I, I love all the boat officials, but it's tapering off at the end of the week. It's an easier day. Top 10's all you ever have to read. You don't have to worry about 40 guys on score tracker trying to keep up with that. And uh, then then I drive home, and on the drive home, I can't – I'm so glad to be done, but I can't wait to get to the next event. It's, I don't know what it is. But. No, that's great. What? Um, tell me, it's got to be really difficult. So, like – Especially there's uh, like we were talking, there's different personalities of anglers. And what is it like to have to call this game? You know, calling this game, you got to make hard calls. And there, you know, we haven't talked about it that much, but, um, you know, there are there's a book of rules that you guys got to, you know, and, and you you can you can I, I know that you have that um, that booklet with you that you can refer to. Right. But but there's a lot that you've got to have in your head and know all the stuff that you need to call. And you also got guys, you know, back at the, um, you know, back at the headquarters that can see how you're officiating, you know? So there's a lot of stress there. What's that like to have to make hard calls? And do you have any particular, um, uh, do you have a particular story that you can give that wouldn't necessarily, I don't know what you don't want to, um, a bad mouth and angler or anything, but. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk about uh, one instance that uh, you were actually in the boat with me with Jordan again. Um, but, uh, you know, every once in a while an angler will argue with me and, and as Greg knows, I'll always uh, like when we go off camera, he's changing a battery or something. I'll ask him what Marty and those guys say, because, uh, because, the, the particular instance with Jordan, he swung one in the boat and it come up and hit his body. And I said, fish landing violation, two minute penalty. And if you remember right, he, he laid down, it was the first time I was ever with Jordan and he lays down in the boat and says, can't argue with the official. It's like the NBA. If you argue, you're going to lose. And he went on and on. And, and later on, I asked Greg when we were off camera, I said, what'd they say? And he said, they played it back in slow motion like five times and said you were dead, right? He said, see, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, have a, I have an earpiece in my ear that I can hear how the live show is being. Uh, I can see, I can hear how it's being directed and I can hear what the talent is saying, you know, the, the guys on camera are saying, you know, the, at the desk. So I can, you know, um, I, 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 if, a, if a boat official is, is concerned about a, uh, you know, a call, I, I can either ease their mind or make them more of a nervous wreck. Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, and it's always nice that you guys have that earpiece in, which I've listened to it a couple of times during the thing, which there's too much jabber for me, but, uh, but yeah, there's, uh, 
it's nice because like at the end of the day, if your guy's in first place, I can hit Greg in the leg and hold a thumbs up because he can tell me instantly if there was a last minute catch. So I can say, Hey, so-and-so you, uh, you finished in first place, congratulations or something, because, uh, Last thing you want to do is do that, which you've probably seen. If you watch a show, you've seen somewhere somebody thinks they won, and then a last-minute fish comes in, and uh, and it's not fun. And I never want to do that to somebody. But uh, so the cameramen help us out with our job. But but back to the calls, you know, it's it's we do have the book, and but how often do you see an NFL official? whip out the rule book. Oh no, it's second and 15 instead of first and 10 um, because I read this rule. So last thing you, I have got it verified after I've made a call and act like I know what I'm talking about. And uh, you know, typically I'm right, or I'll go back and talk to, I'll talk with Aaron or Jenkins and uh, you know, to tell them what, what happened and what I did. And we'd like to share that with the other boat officials because you got to make split second decisions uh, and you have to be right and act like you're right, and hopefully you are, because you got those three guys on air that are going <laughs> to critique it. <laughs> and it and it's got to be, you know, you've been doing this for a while, but I, I try to put myself into, um, you know, new boat officials' uh, shoes because, especially if they're, you know, and mo- most boat officials are eaten up with fishing. You know, they've they followed bass fishing for years and years and years. You know, this is a real integral part of their life. And all of a sudden, boom, they're in the boat with someone they've watched for years and years and years and someone they've admired. And now they've got to call penalties on them, you know. So it's a really interesting dynamic, stressful dynamic. Um, and so it, it is it's interesting to hear that perspective. Um, you, you know, you yourself went through that. You've, you've seen these yeah. guys on TV and then all of a sudden now you're in a boat. Um, so it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be really strange, you know, and you, you know, most of them are just fantastic guys. I mean, I, I've never had a bad day in the boat. Um, I have made mistakes. I've said things on live by mistake a couple of times that, uh, I didn't know where, you know, or they catch what the bad thing is you don't really, which I don't talk a lot in the boat because if you, if you're doing something or saying something, um, and the angler catches a fish, they back up. I don't, Greg can tell you, 15 seconds or something. So if you're talking about something you shouldn't be talking about, that's where I got in trouble in the early years. I Yeah, people I, don't know. Dino yeah. cusses like a sailor. I mean, I don't know how he hasn't sworn yet. It's it's really quite fascinating. I, I'm, I didn't think you could keep it together this long. And this is a podcast. This isn't like we have to worry about censors, Dino. Yeah, just kidding. No, I know, and it, actually, I only cuss a lot when I'm driving. But uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. Time, I keep it pretty clean. But but it is, and and like we critique the new officials um, because we're watching in live all day, and and we'll watch and and we'll actually text you text. You know, I'll get a text in the boat if if I got my life jacket on. Cover. You know, it's it's a show. We we they don't like to cover up our sponsors. You know, if I have my life, which the jet life jackets are sponsor so that's not a real good example but still you're covering up another sponsor they get you with the life jacket when you're moving so you know we're pretty hard on guys to try to show the spot you know unless the weather's miserable um 
don't be talking. Don't talk to the angler. They don't need your advice. If uh, they'd be the boat official, and we'd be the pro if they needed our advice. But, uh, but yeah, it's there's a lot to it. And to be honest with you, I was just with Alton Jones Jr. there at Heavy Hitters Championship Day last uh, week, and uh, you know, he if you watch the show later on or that day, he uh, wasn't catching a lot of fish, but he caught the biggest fish, and it was a hundred thousand dollar fish, and. Uh, and toward the end there, when every time I'd see score tracker pop up, um, I got to admit, I was a little nervous for him, you know, because I'm in the boat. Whoever you're with, you want to win, um, even though I shouldn't say that, but you're, you're not going to do anything to make that happen. But you like to win just as good as they do. They don't split the money with me, but it's still fun to be in the boat. You, same with the camera. Guys. Absolutely. But uh but, you know, and then, of course, you play it up a little bit as a boat official, you know, the, the eighth place guy would catch a two pound bass. And I'd say, Alton, I have a score tracker update for you. And I know his heart was dropping to his knees, but, you know, that's all we got to work with production, too. And uh, that's right. And, and, and earn that over the years to make a show. That's you know? that- exactly right. It's really a, a cool dynamic we have. Like, it, you know, once you get, uh, you know, once you get. Uh, kind of um, you work with, with anglers and work with boat officials uh, every so often uh, I'm getting texts. This is the thing that's so annoying. I, I, I when I'm doing these podcasts, I, I'll get these texts that come through from people that I, I, I haven't heard from in years. And all of a sudden I'm trying, you know, and so I get these alerts. I'm, I'm not smart enough, you know, to, to figure out how to turn these notifications off. So I'll do my I've best. Email, I've had emails popping up on mine too. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's evidence that we have way too much distractions in our life, uh, in our lives. So, um, but yeah, so there's kind of a dance that kind of happens, you know, not only just where I'm going to be in the boat, where the, the boat official feels most comfortable uh, with the angler, where all three of us are just kind of feeling each other out, like, okay, how is this going to be okay if I'm over here, blah, blah, blah. But it also, especially if you've gotten to know an angler and know a boat official well, you can kind of, um, you know, if you know what we're all doing out there, we're all trying to make bass fishing um, um, better, right? So in that, that has to do with a lot with television production or the live show. So you can, yeah, you, you, you kind of know what's going to make for a more entertaining show. Uh, the, the, the score tracker updates are a perfect example of that. I feel that every time, you know, a boat official, if it's really tight and I'm filming a guy that's right there close, you know, and every one of those score tracker updates that that angler doesn't know if it's going to be something that's just going to take the wind out of his sails and but that's what makes this format so great, you know the score tracker and 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 just the 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 uh, the rules. There's all of these um, potential storyline, dramatic storyline uh, elements that you don't have, uh, it, you know we didn't have before. So it's exciting to be a part of it, you know. And and if like you are, you're a fan of bass fishing when you're, uh, you know, when you're in a boat, all of us are eating up with fishing. It's cool to be a part of that. Like you're talking about Ott Defoe. Ott De- Ott's like one of my favorite anglers. Um, and he gets it, you know, he just, and he's laid back um, and he's just, and he, but he's so damn good. It's just 
Oh, it's a, it's a hell of a dynamic there when you're working with someone like him. Do you speak? So Ott's one of my favorite anglers. Do you have, uh, do you have any favorite? Are you allowed to say that you have favorites? I, I, I don't, I don't really, I, I have uh, 80 favorite anglers, but there's some that I enjoy being with more. Um, Ott Defoe, I have been, funny story about him. I've been in the boat with him at least, I think nine times now. And uh, probably the most that I've been with one guy out of the 80. And like the first year I had him four events in a row and he's, he actually told my wife that we were dating. And then uh, he had, he told Jenny, his wife at the last event, he said, he told Jenny when they walked up afterwards, he said, we used to, you know, and I used to date, but he broke up with me. So we have a, Ott and I have a really good relationship and uh, he's just uh He's just a good guy, you know. It's a fun day in the boat with him. He's really good for production. He he's constantly talking, uh, not to me or to you, but to the camera. And and I don't know. Ott's a great dude. We got a lot of good dudes on tour, and uh, you know, like I said, I've become friends with some of them. Just you know, not buddy buddy, but you know, you see him in the parking lot, and shoot the bull for a minute. They're just and that's the hardest thing with the new officials. They see anglers talking to us, and I tell all the new – I help teach the academy in Tulsa every year. Um, I tell all the new anglers – or all the new boat officials, I'm like, okay, here's the deal. Just let it happen. They will they will get to know you and be okay with you, but I tell them, do not act like a fan. You don't see an NFL official go up to Brett Favre and pat him on the butt, butt and say, good game, you know. Um, we're the same way. We – we're very, we got to be as professional as we can in the boat. Um, and, you know, even though we like these guys and they're all, all friends and we're their families, like you mentioned earlier, we're one, we're on the, I'm with you, Greg, more than I am my wife anymore because we're on the road so much, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, we'd be gone 10 days at home, three or four and then gone 10 and stuff. And, uh, you know, we drive to the events. We don't get the luxury life like you guys that get a fly into everything. But, uh, but you know, we're pulling. I don't boats. think you'd see if you can see how the flying experience has been in these last two years. I'm not sure you'd call it a luxury. Just in general. Yeah. But since the pandemic, it's like get them. No more masks now. Oh, hallelujah. My wife, just, my wife just flew last night. No masks. So. Yeah, that is great, fantastic news. So uh, what are the perks? You know, we, we talked a, a little bit about the difficulties of the job, but there are perks, you know, yes, of, of doing doing what you, you do. One of the perks that I, I can say is I got a new set of Frog Togs rain gear. I'm so excited. Now I have extra large... Uh, jacket and an extra large bib. I had uh, I had a set from I don't know. We got we got our last uh, pair four years ago, something like that. I think it was actually when the Bass Pro Tour started. They gave us uh, Frog Togs new, but um, I had a what was I had a large jacket and an extra no. I had an extra large jacket and just a large. So I was kind of like, it was looking like I was ready for a high water event sort of situation. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm, I'm Glad super excited. I got new rain gear out of, you know, oh, so that's, that's a awesome. perk. And frog talk, I not just cause they're a sponsor. They're a great suit. I mean, uh, they, uh, they keep us pretty dry even in some of the, um, events that we've had, but, uh, you're right. And, um, that's probably one perk that's better for us than it is for you. 
because we get new range suit every season plus every uh, cup, not every cup, but every cup season and uh, stuff like that. So um, I got to, you, you guys far. deserve it. That's uh, you, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's, you know, especially if you sit down you better have good ring gear on, but um, you know, our deal, most of us are old retired. You know, I've been retired five years, been doing this for Otherwise my wife is going to divorce me for uh, not uh, sitting home, being a stay at home mom. I was not good at it, but, uh, but anyway, I got to hand it to the anglers. They've really stepped up the last couple years and and our sponsors you know um we get a lot of discounts on rods reels i mean major discounts um that we can buy stuff you know strike king stepped up this year lose strike king um just some fantastic discounts and a lot of the anglers have stepped up and brought us almost every event now we give uh Every boat official get lures and uh, just all kinds of hats and buffs and, you know, just different things that uh, that the anglers step up and, uh, you know, bring to us and give them to Jenkins. And we split them up at the, our officials meeting every event and, and give it out. And it's, uh, it, there is a lot of perks. It's, our job is not really a paying job. It's not like a, a marshal. We don't... Uh, we don't pay to do it, but, you know, Major League Fishing pays per diem. They pay our hotel. They pay us travel mileage and stuff like that. So so you, you can come out ahead if you don't uh, – if, you, if you're not stupid, you're going to make a few bucks. But it, it's by far the best non-paying job I've ever had in my life. And the, the other thing that I find, too, um, for me is that, I you know, you, you learning – you're learning through osmosis, you know, you're in the back of the boat or sitting, you know, uh, in the passenger seat. And here you are with some of the greatest anglers in the world. Um, just, just legends, Van Dam, Wheeler. I mean, Wheeler is just a phenom, you know? And so, um, and so you're seeing decisions that they're, they're making, you know, you're and and you're seeing lure choices. You're seeing them do things. There was a technique, um, you know, last year I saw an angler do that. I was like, what in the world? You know, I mean, so that that's a real, like when I'm filming in terrible conditions, cold, like what we've dealt with. I mean, this year has been quite something. Um, and I, I think though that, you know, as an angler, um, it really is having just a, a, a backseat to just, you know, seeing, some of the greatest fishing minds, uh, their decision-making here's the reality too, that gives you confidence too. And, and I felt this way ever since I started doing this job 20 plus years ago. Um, you also see that they're human. And so it kind of gives you confidence, um, too, to go, okay, even the best anglers, you know, will have their butts handed to them. And so don't be so hard on yourself. If you're fishing a tournament and you're not doing well, you just got to, the, 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 I would say the common denominator of the greatest anglers is they grind. They get, they get their head down. They just keep going, you know, Never so, give up because the next fish could be big bass or, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. Do you, do you find that yourselves as well? Just yeah. Like yeah. When you started talking here, I was going to touch on that because uh, it changed my fishing more than anything because I used to be in a tournament and I don't have a bite by two o'clock. I just load up and go, but I have watched too many times 
these guys keep their head down at the last half hour and come up with some technique that they find them in buck brush or something. And uh, next thing you know, they moved up and made the cut. And uh, and I've also seen the Kevin Van Dams, the Jacob Wheelers in last place. And uh, I'm like, wow, I don't feel so bad now when I blank, you know? <laughs> so very well, no, true. No doubt. I mean, there's, there's times where you don't, I mean, you've seen it with major league fishing where all of a sudden, like lake wide, there'll just be a, like an activity spurt, you know, like, you know, and I know Marty, um, he, you know, he believes in the moon phases and I, I honestly didn't pay that much attention to that stuff. Musky fishermen are huge on the moon phases. I mean, they're big, that's a huge deal with, with moon phases. Um, you know, the, the moon overhead and moon underfoot and all this stuff, moon rise, moon set. I mean, they're all into it. And, and I had always been, eh. but when we started doing the cup events, just seeing how there would just be like, there wouldn't be any change in the weather. It'd be like a sunny day. And all of a sudden the whole lake would just light up, you know, yeah. lake wide. Yeah. We can so, see every catch on score tracker and, Yes. Five minutes without a fish caught, and then there'll be 15 caught in one minute. So you I'm know? more of, I don't know why I went on that tangent necessarily. Um, but, but yeah, like I, I've, I've become more of a believer in that. I, I, what, what were we talking about that I got on that tangent? And there was, I, I had a broader know. point. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe oh, goodness. Know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I'm getting up there now, Dino, you know, I'm, I'm past the middle age, you know, and, and um, things are just slowing down. So I, I apologize. You have to, but yeah, so we're, you know, I, I can't, I had a bigger thought. We we're talking about like learning from the pros and everything, but, oh, it's just the fact that this is it. So you're, you know, that the lake can turn on at certain points, and so at two o'clock, you're ready to go. You know, the lake could just start firing yeah. and you could, and you could be on a spot that could just, so, I mean, it's such a cliche, you know, never give up, but it is so true in fishing. It's more true maybe in fishing than anything yeah. is because it's, you're dealing with another living creature that you, we don't even, we want to act like the textbook. Remember the textbook that we all read when we were you know younger um, a lot of that has been thrown out now. I mean, it's just in, in forward facing sonar showing a lot of it is a bunch of bunk. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, I think, I think um, there's, you know, I've learned that from age league fishing, just the fact that just don't just put your head down. If the tournament is from this time to this time, use that entire time and just yeah, go, you know? Yeah. yeah it's, um, it's so true. And uh yeah, it's uh, it, that's helped me more than anything. And I fish a lot harder now than I did before because I just think, oh, they're not biting, you know. But see, I, I agree with you 100%. And it's, it is, my wife reminds me a lot, you know, I'll get home from an event or, you know, I'll miss a, uh, something going on at home because, you know, a grandchild, I have five, four grandchildren and, I'll miss an event of something because I need to go on the road again. I'm sure you run into that too. And uh, so I'll, I'll say something every once in a while. And my wife will say, look at the, look what you've got out of this. You know, you get to go out with the best guys in the world. 
You know, we go to a group of us go to Mexico every year, bass fishing from major league fishing. And I've been to parts of the country I would have never went to, you know, and it's just it's just really amazing. I got to pinch myself every once in a while when I'm sitting in the boat with uh, Bot Defoe or, you know, all these classic winners that I've been with um, in the boat. And it's just, it's just, I take it for granted now and I shouldn't because, and they're all willing to teach you or talk to you. When they ride in the truck with us at a cup event, I mean, you're talking about everything under the sun in there, you know. We all try to stay away from politics, but, uh, you know. <laughs> But we even go there sometimes. Yeah, we do. We have a few. Especially guys. when I'm talking, I should try to keep my mouth shut. But <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I, I remember another quick story. I remember you sitting in the back of Jordan Lee's truck that day, and I'm taking your picture with his uh, Angler of the Year trophy. <laughs> and yeah. You being uh, a video guy. I think I had to take the picture like 10 times because Greg was being a little bit female back there. Oh, well, my makeup was smeared and, you know, so I had to take well, like the right of them. You're, you're talking to a professional here. You know? <laughs> exactly. You know? so. exactly. Well, what, uh, what, what would you tell someone, what should they do if they are interested in becoming a major league fishing boat official? What's the, what's the steps to becoming a major league fishing boat official? I'm uh, I'm I'm glad you asked that because I had in my notes for the last thing, um, the steps to become one. It, you can sign up on the website, um, and I'm one of the people that would call and, and vet. You know, um, do the vetting to check you out initially because some people think they're going to come in and make a million dollars. Others don't quite understand the commitment. You know, we we only ask for that you do three events minimum if you come, if you go through the academy and, you know, we have a test and all that there. And uh, we usually do 20 to 30 new ones a year. There is some turnover. We're all old and, uh, you know, just bad backs, uh, whatever, get tired of doing it, burnout, whatever. So first thing you can sign up on there, or you can send a, a message uh, email which I asked Mike if I could do this to Mike.Jenkins at MajorLeagueFishing.com and tell him you're interested. But only commit though if you can if you can ride in a boat on days when you would never ride in a boat because you know you as you know St. Lawrence River hour and a half runs each way through waves. I mean you talked about uh, spraying and cussing. I've hit some waves at Okeechobee and different places on big water where I'm not very proud of my language, you know, but, uh, but it's a big commitment. Um, it's very re rewarding. Um, it's just, I can't even explain it. There's a, a family atmosphere that you'll never get over. I've got friends from, I had to learn how to talk because Greg and I are from the North where we talk normal um, down there, up here. It's you guys down there. It's y'all. But if it's all of you, it's all y'all. So <laughs> yes, and most of our guys are most of the fishermen and most of the boat officials and everything are from the South. You know, we, Greg and I are two of the few that are from the good part of the world. <laughs> you're you're going to get yourself in trouble. I know that I'm saying it for that reason, but, uh, but anyway, that's, that's pretty much it. And then go through the Academy and, uh, and you'll be guaranteed to do at least three events. And the way it happens, typically people will do more and some of them do all of them, you know? Yep. So, yep. so it's Mike.Jenkins 
It's uh, Mike.jinkins at majorleaguefishing.com. And uh, I wish I could have put that up there, but I can't. But, no worries. Uh, yeah. But, uh, if, if anybody's interested, um, um, I don't know if you have a link to your podcast. I can yep. ask. Yep. Send, yep. Send yeah. Yeah. I can put a, we'll put a link in, um, yeah, here you go. in the, yeah. in the description and, uh, of uh, the podcast itself and also on YouTube. Uh, okay. We'll put that That'd up there. Cool. So on my socials, on the socials, here, like the social media, social media. Yeah. I guess that's what, what we're calling it. But, uh, all right. Well, is, if there's anything, you have anything else you'd like to share? I, uh, I've been, that was the last thing I wanted to say, and uh, I always enjoy working with you, Greg, and maybe we'll get paired up next week at Lake of the Ozarks. I, I think there's a, a good shot at that, and uh, I want to thank you for what you do, uh, Dino, and then also just the just the Major League Fishing, um, you know, boat officials in general. Uh, you know, the, they work their tails off, uh, and it's, it's an important uh, service because this – this organization, that, um, that format is really, it's, it's incredibly important, um, that, you know, these calls are made and, and the score tracker, it's, it's just, it's everything, right? So the boat officials are doing, um, so much of the heavy lifting in many respects, and it's not easy as we've talked about. And, um, you know, it's being a, being a, an official, <laughs> like a, with any sport, can be high stress. And sometimes you get a lot, you know, you get some arguing, but for the most part, I don't see that happening that much. So, um, but I just, I just wanted to, to thank you for, for what you do. And um, I know that we all appreciate it. Um, I know the camera guys, we can have kind of a funny relationship uh, sometimes between there's, there's some, there's some uh, good ribbing and, and, uh, and some, there's just good back and forth, but, um, I, I love you guys. It's a real family that we have, um, uh, you know, and, uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to, to, um, to call this my job and, and I enjoy working with you, Dino, and, and we've had a lot of fun. So I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Same here. It's a great friendship. 